So at the Feast of the Epiphany every year, we hear the story of these wise men, these random men from a far off land in the East that one day look up to the sky and see a star that proclaims something to them about a king to be born in a foreign land. So obviously if there was a king in a foreign land that he must be more significant than just to the people of that place. And so they pack up and leave their home country to go out in search of this king. And then when they finally get to the place that the star is leading them, it's this simple house with these simple people and a tiny little baby. And their reaction, scripture tells us, is that they knelt down and paid him homage. Why? What reason did they have to kneel down and pay homage to this baby, apart from the star being in the sky? A king should have been in a palace. It didn't make sense. The whole scene, the whole situation made no sense for these wise men to go, ah, this is what we were looking for. Nothing about the situation gave them any indication of that. But when it says that they kneel down, which is an action that was only for a king or God, and they pay him homage, homage which is also related to adoration, which is also related to worship, the kings show us what it means to worship. The wise men show us what it means to worship, which is a word that I don't think we're as comfortable with these days, worship and adoration, because it's not something that we're really called to do, right? We don't worship a monarch anymore. And so there's no real place in our life outside of our Catholic faith where worship is asked of us. And so sometimes the word itself, I think, makes us a little bit uncomfortable. What does it mean to worship? But these three wise men worship the Lord. And in our Christmas prayers that we've been having, it's a theme that kind of comes up over and over again, but this one particular prayer kind of sums it up. It says, as we recognize in him God made visible, may we be caught up through him in love of things invisible. See, the worship of the wise men, what they were capable of doing is they looked at this infant and by virtue of the gifts that they give him, we see that they recognize in this, just this little person, something more. They see beyond what is visible to what is invisible in that situation. That is the whole kind of essence behind Catholic worship. That we use what is visible, that we go through what is visible to try to touch and to reach out to those things that we cannot see. That's why we worship. And the church, if you go to the catechism and you look up worship in the catechism, it will give you three reasons why worship is not just recommended, but absolutely necessary to our Catholic life. The first is worship frees us from turning in on ourselves. The second is worship frees us from slavery to sin. And the third is that worship frees us from idolatry of the world. These three things are why we need worship. Without proper worship of God in our life, we will inevitably slide into one or all of those things, 
looking out for me, myself, and I, and what I want and what I think I need, slavery to some sin, many sins in my life, or idolatry of the world, basically getting too focused on this world is the only thing that exists and anything beyond that isn't real. And by the kings, kings, wise men, by their gifts, they point to that. We hear gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which those of you that have children, how excited would you be if you got gold, frankincense, and myrrh for the birth of your baby? Maybe gold, it would be nice as kind of a, a startup for their education fund, but frankincense and myrrh? But it points to something beyond the visible. Gold was a gift for a king. Myrrh was an ointment or a balm that a body was covered in before burial. And frankincense is a type of incense offered to God. In these three gifts, they recognize Jesus as king, as God, and as one who is going to die. But then the church fathers take it beyond that to the spiritual meaning behind it that's caught up in the scriptures. Gold is related to wisdom, God's wisdom. And myrrh, being related to death, is related to mortification or related to self-restraint, that there's some things that I need to deny myself and that's a good thing. And frankincense, the offering to God, is related to prayer. And in those three gifts, it turns us back to the reason why we worship. Gold, the wisdom of God, which counters our temptation towards turning in on ourselves. If we turn to the wisdom of God, we won't rely on our own wisdom. Myrrh, the self-restraint, acts against the slavery to sin, where I do what I want when I want, instead denying myself things that are good for the things that are better. And frankincense offering of prayer to God moves us away from our idolatry of the world, thinking that this world is all that matters, and prayer turns our minds and our hearts to God, who is eternal. We need to worship. We need it. And if we don't have it in our Christian life, there is something significantly lacking in our relationship with God. And for us as Catholics, the best way, the highest point of our worship, Mass. The Mass is our highest form of worship. And we do that collectively. And we do it through our senses. Through our senses, we come to strive to see what is invisible. And we do that the moment you walk in the door. Hopefully when you walk into a church, it doesn't feel like any other building that you go into. It shouldn't. It should feel completely other from any other building that you walk into in your life. Just by its architecture and then surrounded by the sacred art that is around you. Your eyes should be drawn to the tabernacle and to the altar. This is a place of worship, just by the physical building that we come into. Then when we come to Mass, what's the first thing that we do collectively at Mass? It's the penitential act. I confess to Almighty God. What are we doing? I'm saying, I'm turning my mind and my heart to you, God. I'm leaving beside the rest of the world and the rest of my life, and I'm saying, God, right now, all that matters is you. And from that, 
then we immediately go into the Gloria. And normally it's way better when we can sing it, but in the Gloria we use the sound of our voices to turn to God. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. The sounds that come from our voices in worship. And then from there, not all the time, I'd like to do it a lot more, incense. Incense is part and parcel because it's the smell. It's the one, one of the few places where we allow the sense of our smell to be part of our worship in the fragrance of the incense of our prayers rising to God. And then from there, action. Our physical bodies are in worship in the way that we do, as I tell the kids all the time, our Catholic gymnastics from kneeling to standing to bowing to sitting, our bodies are in worship all through the mass by our posture. And then finally, in taste, the Eucharist. Under normal circumstances, again, under the form of bread and wine, we taste, through our sense of taste, we come to an experience of what is invisible. This is our Catholic worship. We use all of our senses to try to draw everything that we are to be able to perceive, like the wise men, what is invisible. That's our goal when we come together for Mass. Lord, I struggle to believe and have faith in what I cannot see and what I cannot hear and what I cannot touch. But Lord, by these things that I can see and that I can hear and that I can touch, grant me the gift of faith. So. My question, my challenge to you today is how are all those things in Mass, how are you doing them yourself? Collectively, we do them all the time. But individually, how are you approaching worship at Mass? So it starts in your home. What does your home look like? Do you have images and articles, religious articles, that remind you of God in your day-to-day, -day. so that when you're going about whatever you're doing, your recreation at home or your chores at home, and you just glance at the face of our Lord, that He's present in your home already, in that physical space of your home, you're reminded already there so that your faith is not just something that you do when you get to the church or that you do on Sunday, but permeates your whole life. Then from there, how do you prepare for Mass? particularly Sunday Mass. How does everything that you do on Sunday morning lead up and gear up to when you come here? Or are you falling into the temptation of just kind of having a lazy Sunday morning and then rushing to Mass to get there just on time to sit down in time for the opening hymn or the opening prayer? If this is something that is really our worship for God, how are we preparing to actually enter into that moment, that action. Then sound, your voices. How are you using your voices in worship? When it comes to the prayers of the Mass that you are asked to respond with, do you, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ. Do you believe it? Speak worship with your voice. I believe in God. Speak it emphatically. 
when God will give us permission to sing again at Mass, sing. I know some of you think you can't. Do it anyway. You are offering your worship by the sound of your voice. This is the way that we worship, through our senses. Then in our actions, the way that we use our physical bodies to worship, particularly doing actions that we don't do anywhere else in our life, like kneeling and bowing. That when we walk into the church, every one of us, the first action that we should do walking into the church is genuflect to the tabernacle, acknowledging God is here. Kneeling in adoration like the wise men, Jesus is here. Like the wise men, I see, but maybe I don't see. God grant me the faith to see what is really present here, you. If you physically aren't capable of kneeling, then at least make a profound bow, like from your waist, not just the head, but bow profoundly at the presence of our God. But I would challenge you, is it just because it's uncomfortable or because you can't? Because our worship is to God. And so how are we allowing our bodies to speak that? So that when we're all kneeling at the consecration, for those who can't, stay standing. And when the priest genuflects behind the altar, joining the whole congregation in adoration, make a profound bow. Don't just sit as the consecration is happening. Allow our whole body to be there in worship to God. And then finally, the Eucharist. What are you doing in that time just before and just after the Eucharist, receiving Holy Communion, when you're coming up in a lineup to receive Holy Communion? Where is your mind and your heart and what is your body saying when you're coming up? And then when you go back to your pew, how does your worship continue? At the fact that you have received him, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Maybe you listen to the hymn and that becomes your worship through the sound. Maybe you kneel again in adoration at this gift that's being given to you. Don't watch what's happening at the altar. It doesn't matter anymore. What's happening at the altar only matters until Christ becomes present. When you have received him in the Eucharist, you don't need to look at the altar anymore. He's with you. He's come from the altar and he's come to you. That's your personal time of worship and adoration in his presence. Because as Catholics, we use every sense that we have to try to grasp at those invisible realities. And that's what the wise men show us and lead us in today. That as they knelt and paid homage to Jesus in Bethlehem when he was born, seeing beyond just the infant, but to God who is present before them, we pray that we could do the same, that our worship might be authentic. Because just by doing those physical things doesn't mean our worship is authentic. Herod wanted to pay Jesus homage too. That wasn't going to be authentic because what did Herod do after? When he found out when the star appeared, he slaughtered the innocents because he was afraid. Herod's homage, his action that he would have given, would have been meaningless. So the actions in themselves are not the worship. The worship is in spirit and in truth 
as Jesus tells us. But we are physical beings, and so we need our senses, all of them, to be engaged in that act of worship so that our spirit can bow in adoration to our God.